Unfederated, a podcast for freelancers hosted by a brother and sister who are polar opposites, but have found a way to make a living doing what they love. Hey, brother. Hey, Sarah. How's it going? Good. Just really good. It's been beautiful here. We, we've hit like a record. Like we've, we've recorded, I think, four episodes um, without me triggering Siri when we <laughs> say hello <laughs> to each other at the beginning. So that's notable. Let's, we'll put that in show notes. <laughs> Ever since I changed Siri's voice to an Australian man's voice, I have felt so much more comfortable asking Siri for help. <laughs> That's super uh, Freudian or something, isn't it? Like, uh, I don't know. It's like there's something there. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what it is. Does that Australian man comfort you in his, his big muscly arms? <laughs> Apparently, I guess I'm like, I'm that's the sexism that I have deep in my heart, that I'm not willing to ask female Siri for directions home. But male Siri, I'm just like, how do I get home? <laughs> Isn't that awful? Just tell me. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a real life changer. Highly recommend it. Uh, <laughs> with the Apple Watch, you know, I'm using Siri more than ever. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so we were organically talking about the way in which we rationalize expenditures, which is just so unique to someone who side hustles or is a freelancer, because your choice to work on a Saturday is the thing that made you several hundred dollars. And then you want to just spend several hundred dollars because you could have just not worked on a Saturday. Um, and it's the slippery slope. Um, to, to, you could use to rationalize spending two times what you make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is interesting to me because, um, I never got this, uh, prior to going out on my own. And the in between time, between the agency and going out on my own, I worked for an accounting firm and the accountants would, would talk like this. And I, it always just seems so stupid to me. <laughs> and then, you know, cause they were billing by the hour too. And so that like the, the logical fallacies of that struck, like stuck out to me. And now that I'm, um, uh, not billing by the hour, but, but tracking my time by the hour. And I'm tempted to think in, in those, uh, same terms, uh, it started to creep into my own thinking a little bit, which is just kind of interesting. And, and as we were, um, chatting earlier in the week, um, off of the show, it, it kind of came out and we were like, we should, we should do an episode about this because it's, it's such a, uh, and, and I don't know, unique challenge to face and, and how you're managing your, um, business versus the, the, uh, take home income that results from some of those, some of those situations. It's, um, it goes both ways. Like you can use it and, and I work with people who, and we're all in a similar situation over at the same firm. And so like, I don't know. Um, and then I have a lot of free, uh, self-employed folks that I socialize with. And I've seen individuals use the justification of, listen, um, I stayed, for instance, here's one. Um, I, I did this uh, on Wednesday. I actually drove to work and I had a phone call and the phone call ran late um, and I had parked at a two-hour meter and my meter expired midway through the phone call. But the phone call was going to take like another hour um, because everything went sideways. And so I stayed on the phone and I got a ticket for $25. But, you know, I got to bill for an hour long phone call, which more than offsets the ticket. 
But, <laughs> you know, like that's a, that's scary math there because by that math, you're just going to hang out and get like $25 parking tickets every hour because you, you bill more than that per hour. It's, it's not. Not great logic. It doesn't lead to you know overwhelming financial success. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I've started doing that. Like every thing around the house, I'm I'm pretty handy, and I generally enjoy doing that kind of stuff. But now I'm faced with this situation. That every time it's like, okay, well, I'd pay a plumber this much, and this is roughly how much I value my own time at, and so. Like, you know, so clearly I shouldn't do those things or I shouldn't mow my own yard or like I shouldn't, you know, all of this list of stuff that's like, oh, well, my my quote unquote billable hour is is more than that. Well, and I would I mean, I would agree that that's like probably the right way to do it. Right. Like there's some things that just don't make sense. If you don't enjoy them, you're not good at them and you bill way more than what it would cost to get somebody who is does enjoy and is good at them to do it, then then you should probably outsource that. But um, if you did that for everything, you would have a live-in cook, a live-in maid, you know, <laughs> and you'd take home $5 a month. Yeah, and and you'd work like 120 hours a, a week, you know? <laughs> like it, it would be like uh, you'd have – you'd do no other thing but work because that logic, you know, maybe maybe work and go to the doctor. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah are, the only things you can't outsource. Yeah. You you won't perform your own surgeries and and you know. Um yeah, and so there's you know, of course, some need to find a balance in, in there and figure that out. Uh, you know, I think the the hourly rate is one of those things, like one of those uh, logical fallacies. Uh and, and maybe that's too strong of a word. I mean, your point is is um totally valid that occasionally that is a good uh, guidepost or indicator as to where you should spend your time. Um, especially barring when you, well, when you factor in whether you like doing something or don't like doing something. I think that where it's problematic is in it's, it's in its extreme. So if somebody says, which I've heard totally, I made $16,000 this month, so I'm going to buy a $36,000 car and I'll have it mostly paid off. First of all, no, <laughs> you won't. That's not what that equals to. And second of all, like you're not considering that you've had, you know, all of your expenses and all of it, not just for your business, but for your, um, you know, that's your gross. It's not your net. <laughs> like your net is phenomenally lower than that. Um, so don't use that to justify it. Um, you know, but on the other side, I've heard people say, there's just no way that I'm going to pay uh, $200 to meet with my CPA to learn how to, um, you know, maximize my uh, uh, write-offs. That's too much money. And you're like, no, that's good. That's good spending of money. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that, that will save you way more than that amount of money. So do that. Um, and you know, it, it, that, that, you know, something that will save you time or system, uh, using an hour of your time to systematize something that'll save you 10 hours over the course of a month is, is a really good, uh, exchange. So, um, you know, it's both sides. Sometimes because you're using money, you have to you have to decide to pay for your business expenses. If you have to really work hard to not be penny wise and pound foolish. I think the other way I see this play out in my own life too is the 
and not just like the hourly rate, you know, logic, but the one more client logic, you know, like, Hey, we could, you know, we could join that country club. If I just took on three more clients, you know, uh, three more clients, you know, that there's always this temptation of like, Oh, you know, if, if work comes knocking, um, you know, you'd look at what that proposal would be and do the estimate in your mind really quickly. And you're like, Oh, that's, you know, that's this much money. Like I'd be crazy not to take that. But at some point you have to acknowledge some sort of upper threshold or some sort of limit to that and have some boundaries or you end up the person working, you know, uh, 24 seven and, and outsourcing the rest of your life. That's true. That's yeah. I don't know what that balance is. Cause like we were talking about, I, you know, had a very, very modest goal for what I wanted to make, um, out on my own. And now that I've genuinely like nearly quadrupled it, I'm still like, Oh, I really think I'm at my max. Cause there have been some times this fall, especially where I feel like I've Actually, all year, there have been times where I feel like I'm really churning work, you know, um, compared to to how it used to be. It's nowhere near the same, but just where it really doesn't, it doesn't feel light. It feels like I'm really, really working to work. Um, so, I don't know, the slippery slope, there's this... Um, all of my goals are like those little beads on an abacus, you know, like they just keep creeping over one side and I probably need to um, put them in place a little bit more sturdily. And then, you know, especially this time of year, I think this is on our minds, like spending money on things is on our minds because we had both of us had a more profitable than expected year and a more profitable year than we've had before. And we both live off of a lot less than what we make. So at this point, we're looking at how much we owe on taxes. We're eyeballing it. And we're looking at how much is in the bank and thinking, what should I do um, with that extra money? Yeah, it's an interesting question because you've got um, business expenses you could consider. Like if you need to upgrade your you know, computer equipment or buy some um, – <laughs> podcast recording equipment, hypothetically, both hypothetical situations, um, fancy office chairs. Um, so you got those kind of things that you can ask that, that can lower your taxable income, which isn't a bad idea if, if you legitimately need those things or if you've got the margin to get them. Um, but then also, you know, not spending that is money you get to take home, you know? And so I, I think personally that uh, introduces this other wrinkle of like take home money, you know, because once it comes home and in our world and my wife and I's world, we, we have a system for it and it um, goes into being spent responsibly, you know? And so there's some temptations occasionally for thing, you know, for me to find things that I can justify buying through the business before the money comes home so that I can kind of, you know, uh, treat myself, but, but knowing that once it goes home, then I'm going to be responsible with it. And that's, you know, a counter counterproductive, uh, logic sometimes as well. That's funny to hear it. Cause I would have thought you were above that, <laughs> but I'm certainly not. No. And Walker calls me on it. Like my husband will be like, you know that that's our money too. Right. And it's totally fair. I mean, he should say that, but at the same time, I should run it through my business if it's going to be a write-off, you know, like that'd be silly not to and just, you know, basically throw away 40%. Um, so, 
<laughs> you know, here we are. <laughs> and he doesn't have access to my business bank account because it's my business. And, and he doesn't want to weigh in on, you know, if I spend $150 on cards for clients or something, you know, like that's not something he's interested in talking about in our m minimum amount of time together. Um, so, but it is, it is too, all too easy to like, you know, buy technology because you can just buy it for yourself. Honestly, I bought that Apple watch without even talking to him about it. It was, it was like a, you know, in my mind, a business decision. Sure. And, th those, and, then, aren't, and those aren't like super affordable. <laughs> no. And then he, he correctly inf like, you know, pushed back and was like, well, you <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, that's not just a business decision. So yeah, I think as far as you mentioned me being ab above that, which I'm, I'm apparently very much not, um, I, th I think one of the things that always uh, got my goat probably the most of working in a traditional setting was as someone that loves, you know, equipment and, and Apple stuff um, and apps and software and efficiency and yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's like, that's uh, something I, I thoroughly enjoy. Um always having like secondhand hand-me-down kind of stuff, you know, like in a, in a work setting, like you never like, unless you're, you're the boss, you're getting, you know, some sort of second rate, um, uh, equipment, you know? And, and with that in mind, like when I became a freelancer and I could kind of buy whatever I wanted to, <laughs> like it, whether it made good sense or not, it was just amazing. It, like, like whenever I still do that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is so fantastic that I get to do this, you know, uh, even two years in that hasn't been lost to me. So like, I have to fight that urge because, you know, every pair of AirPods or as you mentioned, Apple watch, you're just like, yeah, I mean, I get text messages sometimes when I'm in meetings, clearly, I mean, <laughs> clearly I need an Apple watch. I mean, it has been really helpful for work. Um, but I mean, I don't prioritize equipment in the same way you do, which is why you're always calling me p poor acting for my monitors. <laughs> I have a, like $30 ViewSonic that's hyper pixelated. Um, but... It's a tube television. <laughs> like, yeah. It's got a back on it. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, sometimes when they're pretty like an Apple Watch, I make an exception. Um and, and all kinds of silly things like that. I don't know. Um it's tricky that you find that balance and probably impose some accountability cuz that's the thing about freelancing and everything that's different than even our home lives is in our home lives we have accountability. And you have it maybe not so bad as I do because I have an office offsite, right? So like if I get a new thing for my office, Walker never sees it. I think he came to my office recently for some reason. We were at Union Station for um for they were having like a big uh thing in front of Union Station, like a holiday bazaar. And so we went and I was like, Oh, I think I got a package delivered at my office on accident. Let's just run up because it's right next to the middle of town. And we ran up and he was like, Have You always had this table? When did you get a record player? Like, <laughs> you know, thank you. What's in the no safe? Idea. Yeah. 
it's just gonna be like Scrooge McDuck, like, like piles of like hoarded money and like fancy clothes that I like change into in the office <laughs> and leave there. Right? There's a lot of potential for me not even worrying about what he'll say because I know he's not gonna see it. And I'm not saying he should be the one to monitor. It's just like you know, it's the workout partner idea. Like you need somebody to hold you accountable for for decisions. I mean, everybody does better when someone is holding them accountable. So maybe maybe that's a thing that that we'd benefit from is like a like a support group. Like you have uh, unfederated people can post like, is this a reasonable expense or not? <laughs> Poll, yes or no. <laughs> My my wife would post, does Rob both need a standing desk and a really nice desk chair? Because <laughs> when I bought the nice desk chair, she was like, I thought that was the point of getting the standing desk. I was Fair. Like, a lot of, I can see how someone would think that. But <laughs> totally. I mean, I, like, Walker would probably take issue with the Apple Watch and – um I don't know what else really, um, because once again, lack of accountability is a problem. Um, and and he, he, we both have our separate like personal bank accounts too, so he's got the ability to do that a little bit himself, which is why we have seventy two different ways to make coffee. <laughs> right, exactly. Not that that's the you know your thing with him or anything. It's just a hypothetical. Yeah, he just happens <laughs> to have things like seventy two different ways to grind the beans alone. <laughs> well, I would say one of the things that I've done to add a little bit of accountability to myself because I I see this tendency, I recognize this tendency, and and I think uh, I think you do this, but um, maybe not um, because we both live on a good bit less than what we make. Like Rachel and I have a set amount that I'm going to pay us every pay period, you know? And so like, I feel, uh, you know, I, if I'm not meeting that obligation, what I'm spending stuff on from a business expense perspective looks a lot different, you know? Uh, Cause I can feel that. And I, I see my business account and I know that, you know, when it comes time for the 15th, if there's not enough money in there, like, you know, that's a pain point that I, very clearly fill and something that she feels too. Cause you know, that deposit's not being made into our account downstream. And, um, but knowing, you know, when I build up a surplus and I know that I've, I've got enough in there to pay us for the next few times and that sort of thing, that's usually when I'm more, you know, more likely to, to find some really important thing that I need for the business that I didn't know about. Um, but totally, yeah, but, it's you know, the excess. It, yeah. And, and is that, um, is that really all that bad? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm meeting my, uh, obligations. I'm paying us well, uh, you know, to Walker's point, it, it is our, our money, uh, Rachel ties. So like, um, there's an element of that too, but, um, with us sharing an office space, quite literally, uh, I'm not, I'm not pulling any fast ones on her. That's a, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> She's like, where'd that Ames chair come from? Rob, <laughs> um, what's, what's that huge package on the front porch? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I happen to have relatively cheap taste for that kind of thing. So that works out, but, um, you make a good point. And actually I've already talked to, uh, my bookkeeper that I've been using for that nonprofit who I always talk about how helpful she is to me. Um, I, after one of our talks realized like, she's so helpful to me for that. Why am I not using her for my business? 
And so I'm going to, effective Jan 1, um, start using her to monitor the transactions in um, both my work credit card and my, uh, like, through the view-only stuff. And that means that every time I have something that's a write-off, I'll use her to help categorize it. So I'll have to send her an email that's like, hey, bought Apple Watch, just FYI, put it in the expense column. So I think that level of accountability, even though it's like she doesn't care, right, <laughs> um, will be huge for, for me. And it'll help me uh, and avoid um, getting into a situation where I get audited three years from now. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what any of this was. <laughs> so <laughs> that's my goal. Plus, you know, things like... Um, being traveling and saying, Hey, I need to issue a bill for this. Or, um, she catches a lot of things that are, uh, you know, recurring expenses and I don't stay on top of things as well as I should. So this is a way to do it. Yeah. That's awesome. Is she going to like keep up with your AR too and bug people for you? That's that, that'll probably pay for itself. Yeah. Yeah. She could, I mean, she'll easily pay for herself. Um, just in catching like, like, why is this domain you've never used once still being paid for type of things? Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Um, and, you know, she's going to keep track of it, too. So it'll be like my own little mint, which like I always try to use mint for my uh, personal stuff. But um, it was always dropping and having trouble sinking. And so I gave up. <laughs> so Yeah, there's there's a little bit of so I use zero for my business stuff and um an app called YNAB for my personal but there's a little bit of uh uh zero does a thing where it pulls into your bank feed and you have to categorize stuff and reconcile it um like as you go like not at the end of the month like balancing your checkbook kind of thing but like as stuff hits my bank it pulls in and you know I can attach the receipt to it and you know categorize it and and it kind of piles up if I don't do that so I have a reminder set every couple of days to just jump in there and, and bring it to current, which is, which is kind of helpful. Um, it just so happens that the the bank, and this wasn't intentional, but the bank I decided to use for my work stuff had some sort of special deal, uh, special connection with zero where the bank feed part works extremely well. Um, which is, wasn't the case with the bank I used to use. Um, so that's, that's, um, I, I'm very frustrated with that bank for other reasons that we talked about before, like doing away with their iPhone app, uh, very unexpectedly, but, um, let's just be clear. That's spark capital one. And you know, dudes, <laughs> you're, you're jerks. We were all relied on this and who gets rid of an app. How does that even, how is that a direction that anything ever even goes in? Yeah. Like how many people were in the room in 2018 when they're like, what if we just took her app away without telling any of the customers in advance and told them that we're going to bring it back at some point, but give them no idea when that's going to happen. It's, I mean, it's pretty clear. They're trying, they're like, we want to fire all of these clients. Let's just make it very unpleasant for them <laughs> until they all electively leave. It's it's a good place scenario for yeah, uh, it is. freelancers. Yeah. yeah. It's, that means hell. If you haven't seen it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, it's super frustrating. I think the the context there is that Capital One bought Spark and they're in the process of like merging their two worlds together behind the scenes. And instead of doing that responsibly, they've just chosen to do that in the like most reckless and irresponsible way possible, 
which uh, comes to the comes at the expense of clients that just want to check their balance on their phone without logging in in Safari and trying to do mobile deposits <laughs> through a web app, which is horrible. All I do now because I'm still with them. Yeah, it's horrible. Did you change banks? Nope. Still using them. Yeah. Um, why? What's wrong yeah, with this? I don't know. I Glut- totally changed. Glutton for punishment. Yeah. Uh, uh, because there's nothing better out there. It was a problem. Yeah. That's, I mean, what does that say about the industry though? Like, I think that's the thing. Cause I, I do, um, there's this app called Robin hood that, that had a big press brouhaha, uh, this last week because they've released, uh, bank accounts. Uh, it's, it's been like an investing app for a while. Um, and it's got some sort of model where their fees are extremely cheap and you know, I don't know enough of the details to really unpack that, but, um, if you day trade, like it's a pretty sweet deal. And so then they released, um, uh, bank accounts, uh, checking, checking and savings accounts and with like a pretty high interest, um, like a la ING direct from a million years ago. And so I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like maybe, and you know, every time I go and I'm like, screw you spark capital one, like I'm going to go find something else. It's like, there's literally everything sucks. Um, so I, I still think that, uh, I mean, most banks have an app, <laughs> so like, let's well, not, let's not get carried away at where the bar is. Um, fair. Yeah. Having an app is not like your, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa. 2019 <laughs> you've got an app i i would uh yeah if it didn't work so well with zero um and if there weren't some amb- ambiguous promise of an app returning and some distant far off land uh, i would pro- probably already be gone fair i didn't even know there was a a, a good um sinking ability i'll tell my lady to try to use zero um instead of we were just going to use wave oh, okay um, yeah uh, I, I became a zero partner when I was at the accounting firm. So I'm super familiar with it. So that was my decision because I um, just knew all about it already. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, anyways. Is that what bragging sounds like? <laughs> oh, I'm a zero partner. No big deal. <laughs> I, I would imagine I'm the only, uh, you know, person that does online marketing that's also, also, and has some accounting software certification. <laughs> Cause like, where is that helpful? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that part is, is convenient. Um, and, and zero actually has pretty nice apps. What? So, I, For your phone? Yeah, I know. Ugh, your world, your smartphone. <laughs> what a world we're living in. Um, how does it work with the flip? phone yes you just text mm, got it what is my um, balance text my banker uh, <laughs> uh yeah i don't know that's it's always a, a gamble but i think probably going in especially because we, we've been at this a couple of years right so going back to expenses and the justification of mental um gymnastics we do to just you can do if you're a freelancer to justify basically anything um now that we've been at this a bit, we can't justify as much because when you're first starting out, you're like, well, I need all the new things, but we should have pretty much everything we need. Like there shouldn't be some huge difference in like systems at this point that needs to be addressed with a several thousand dollar piece of equipment or anything. Yeah. Yeah. 
I managed to already talk myself into buying both a desktop and a laptop. So I, I would, I would struggle to figure out what other, yeah, what like other you thing have I the need. iPad, the Apple Watch, the smartphone, the iPhone. Like, what else is there? Is there another size? Is there a smaller one that's like a microchip? Because uh, <laughs> I'll need it, or yeah. or maybe a size that kit, that fits conveniently between two of the sizes I already own. That'd know? be nice, yeah. Or maybe just very large, like if they could go to you know like a movie theater screen size situation. I feel like then you would have an additional thing to purchase. Uh, honest to goodness, I was thinking the other day. You would totally buy that. <laughs> I know you I, would. <laughs> I was thinking the other day because we're in the process of building a house, and I will have. Um, my own office and the new house. And I was like, what if I got a flat screen and put up like this big dashboard for like business metrics? Like how cool would that be? And I was like, that'd be freaking cool. Except my business metrics don't change all that. Like it's not like, it's like a real time stick uh, ticker that's scrolling by that I need to like <laughs> monitor. You it's know? The NASDAQ over here, you're like changing it. What, you could just have one of those cork boards where you like put the the letters and numbers in. <laughs> now, now serving number 12. You've just like, got like your Ziploc bag and you're fishing around for a one in there. <laughs> Yes. So like the TV would have like burn in, like screen burn in where the pixels yeah. would get all fried from being I the didn't same. I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> I guess screen burn in? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, it's, but this was particularly bad a long time ago, but like plasma TVs when they first came in vogue, like a lot of them would um, get like, like the logo for the television station down in the bottom right hand corner that's just there all the time. It doesn't change. Like the the pixels would get like uh, they call it burn in, um, where they would you'd start to see the logo regardless of whether it was there or not because um, of the you know that constant uh, coloring or whatever on those particular pixels. I'm glad to know that exists because I feel like there's going to be something unrelated to that that I can use that as like a, a metaphor analogy for. Yeah. and metaphor for <laughs> like a bad relationship. How it just, you know, if it lasts too long, it leaves a permanent mark. Like, like our first generation plasma television. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks for that. I'll update you on the usage. <laughs> yes. Report back. So anyways, that was my, the, the logic circle I did. I was like, Oh yeah. Real time dashboards. That'd be freaking awesome in my office. You know, I'll know how much I build and like, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I do that once a month. That's a freaking terrible idea. Like, There's no way that that is more efficient than a whiteboard for that. <laughs> or the enormous monitor I sit in front of, which I clearly could just do like a, like a three inch by three inch portion of the monitor to show the same stuff. That would be fun. That's fair. That's yeah. funny. Well, see, you have limits. It's important. I don't know. Neither of us are too terrible at uh, justifying and like buying business expense type stuff. There's some people who really, really like max it out. And most of them have really fancy offices. So <laughs> short of that, I think we're, we're pretty good, but it's definitely like a work in progress all the time. Yeah, it is. It's one of those things I think you kind of have to master too. Like if you're going to do this and be successful long-term, like you know, uh, being in a situation where you're always having to outwork your irresponsibility, um, is, is a tough place to be. So if you can kind of wrangle that in, then you get to a place where, um, you can find a little bit more balance, uh, which is not a bad thing. 
Or do the thing, you know, once a year, right? So it's a good year. So we're both able to think about this. But if we hadn't, you know, covered our expenses, there's no way that we'd be doing this. So maybe it's a consideration when you're, you know, maybe it's a December consideration, all of these things that that you're considering buying. It's not until December that you do it. And then that gives you several months, hopefully, to change your mind or talk yourself out of it. Yeah. And maybe you have a conversation with your spouse that looks like, Hey, whatever, you know, after we meet our monthly obligations, whatever's left in the business at the end of the year, maybe some percentage of that goes to just reckless spending, (laughs) you know, like just silly stuff. And then some other percentage comes home and then you guys are in agreement. And, you know, if you, you can work hard and feel like you're getting the benefit of that hard work without it coming at the expense of, uh, home life. I like that. Um, I just found out recently that Christmas Vacation, the DVD, is sold on Prime for like $7. So then I was like, should I just buy a bunch of those for my clients and send them? But then I thought nobody has DVD players anymore. So it'd be kind of like a painful thing to buy. Uh, So that would be an example of talking yourself out of something. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, because you get to write off up to $25 of a gift that you give uh, for business purposes. And usually that is not enough money to get anybody anything nice. Ooh, I didn't know that. I just sent out client gifts and I didn't know that only a portion of it. I assume the whole thing was a business business expense. $25 only. So in my case, if I send something out with my coworkers, we can go up to 75 Oh, uh, because there's three of you. Yeah, so that's like a part of the consideration. But yeah, twenty five is the is the limit of the part that you can write off. Oh, interesting. Um, did you spend a bunch more than that? Uh, for some of my clients that were out of town, I spent less because it, it needed to be mailed. <laughs> um, but for some in town, I exceeded that. But would um, you buy? Not buy a lot. People? Um, I, uh, we have a local ice cream place here in Chattanooga. Okay. That, so you, ma- um, you mailed them ice cream? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, they started doing a thing, uh, this just recently where they put uh, dry ice and a couple pints of their ice cream. They have like some special holiday flavors. Um, one of which is delicious. I'm sure the others are good too. I just ate the first one and really liked it and <laughs> just never, never went on. Um, um, that is the title of your memoirs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Also, it worked. I stuck with it. The, uh, <laughs> never got curious. Nope. Happily ever after. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I sent some ice cream and then some gift cards for the people out of town. Uh, Was dramatically the one out of you town. tried vanilla. Surprisingly, it was vanilla with stuff in it, which is a big step for me because I'm, oh, I'm a what purist. Oh, what have? Yeah. Uh, it was called Ginger Snap, and it had like cinnamon and graham cracker kind of stuff in it, and it was delicious. Everything I just said, I take back. You are living on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's a really cool gift idea, though. I like that. Yeah, it was, it's local, which is cool. Like, I wanted to do something that I felt like I was, you know, um, bringing a little bit of Chattanooga to... to People here and people slightly nearby. So it worked out good. That's really cool. Um, I like it. I should do something like that. (laughs) Is it too late? (laughs) It's not too late. When this airs, it's 2019 already. (laughs) Yeah. Now it's too late. But I was was jumping through some hoops last week to make it all happen. So 
I, I happen to know exactly where the line of no return is with the fine folks. And, and when is it, just to be clear, <laughs> for the U- U.S. Postal Service? You've got a couple of days. All right. All right. Oh. We'll see if that works. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm. Anyways. Yeah. Good talk, brother. We good, figured it all out. Good chatting. As if you're usual. out there uh, trying to rationalize spending all your money, mm-hmm. you, you're not alone. <laughs> Yep, this is the time of year that that happens. Um, <laughs> and if you have questions, right, then you should go to unfederated.studio. Yes, you should. We would love to hear from you. You can uh, uh, send us your feedback or questions, or if you've got something you want to hear us talk about um, in a future episode of the show, unfederated.studio, this episode and the show notes for it will be at slash 26. Getting up there. Big time. (laughs) Have a good week. I'll talk to you soon. Have a big uh, 2019. Yes, you too. What, what? (laughs) See you. Bye.